Hi everyone, it's me again, Yamila, your NNLM Discovery host. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to encourage you to take a short anonymous survey about our podcast. To help improve our show, we want to hear more from you, our listeners. Go to nnlm.gov, click on our podcast page, and you'll find a link to our survey. We can't wait to hear from you. I'm librarian Yamila Alkaya, and this is NNLM Discovery, a podcast from the Network of the National Library of Medicine. This podcast series explores how NNLM is conducting research, development, and training for the purpose of improving the public's health. Today's bonus episode is AI in the Scientific Landscape. This story is a continuation of our episode, The Future of AI in Medicine, from Season 1. Diane Babsky, Associate Director for Library Operations at the National Library of Medicine, will be telling our story today. Hi, Diane. Hi, Yamila. What brings us back together so quickly after wrapping up Season 1? Well, the Future of AI and Medicine podcast episode was actually recorded last summer, but released this May. Generative AI, also known as Gen AI, a subset of traditional AI, has exploded in popularity since last November with the release of ChatGPT. Yes, I hear mixed reports about AI in the media. Some say it'll have a positive impact in our work and life, and some say the future of AI is all doom and gloom. What do you think? Well, I think there are some major opportunities to boost productivity and advance our capabilities, but there are some limitations that we need to be cautious of. At this stage, I'm excited about how we are imagining new possibilities for the scientific landscape and striking a balance between leveraging the benefits of AI and mitigating its risk. During this episode, we'll be explaining the basics of this new technology and how it fits into the workflow of future information professionals, researchers, and practitioners. You know what? I really hate to admit this, but I was totally in the dark about Gen AI until I attended your presentation at MLA in Detroit. Why is explaining this technology something that you're excited about? Well, I'm really excited about the potential that AI offers and how it will enable us to achieve our mission. I think what we're seeing is as big and life-changing as the advent of the internet or the release of the first smartphone. What makes this technology so revolutionary is it's easy to use. You don't need to know any programming languages or have special software or need to know any syntax. Now we're all capable of using this conversational language to interact with highly intelligent machinery. Our listeners aren't aware, but they've already been exposed to Gen AI during the first season of this NNLM Discovery podcast. So are you real or artificial, Yamila? (laughs) I'm real, Diane, but we did use Gen AI a lot this season. Every episode of NNLM Discovery has original artwork. All of this artwork has been created and sourced from prompts written in the Gen AI tool called Dolly. That is so cool. I had no idea until we were doing this podcast. I need to go back and check out the art. What sorts of prompts do you use to create artwork in Dolly? I'll give you an example. The previous AI episode called The Future of AI in Medicine had artwork that was created by typing in the prompt, an expressive oil painting of a robot and a doctor working together, looking at an x-ray. 
The main show artwork for the NNLM Discovery podcast series was generated from a pretty vague search, which was, A Woman Makes a Fascinating Discovery. Check out each show's description where we've added what prompts were used to create this artwork. Diane, kick off our story. Okay, so let's start with what is ChatGPT? ChatGPT is a product developed by OpenAI. And instead of coming up with my own explanation of what it is, I asked the expert ChatGPT. And here's how it answered. And I quote, ChatGPT is a conversational AI model developed by OpenAI. It is a state-of-the-art language model that has been trained on a vast amount of text data from the internet. ChatGPT is designed to generate human-like responses to user inputs, making it suitable for a variety of conversational tasks, such as answering questions, engaging in dialogue, providing recommendations, and assisting with information retrieval. It can understand and generate text in multiple languages and has the ability to generate coherent and contextually relevant responses." End quote. What's fun about ChatGPT is that you can build on responses with new prompts without retyping your questions. And for someone like me that is typing challenged, that is a great opportunity. As another example, I asked ChatGPT to recreate its previous response on what is ChatGPT to give me a response at a third grade level. And here's the response. Quote, sure. ChatGPT is like a really smart computer program that can talk to you and have conversations. It knows a lot of words and sentences because it is read and learned from many books and articles on the internet. You can ask it questions, tell it things, or just have a friendly chat with it. It will try its best to understand what you're saying and give you helpful answers. It's like having a really smart friend who can talk to you about almost anything you want to know." End quote. Wow, that's pretty amazing. It summarized the previous version so well. As a director of library operations, I think it's critical to understand how we're using generative AI within our own walls at NLM. So I interviewed a few researchers here to help share and explain these new advancements. We'll be talking to two NLM staff today who specialize in artificial intelligence research. The first is Dr. Samir Antani. Dr. Antani is a principal investigator in the Computational Health Research Branch of the Lister Hill National Center for Biomedical Communications doing research in medical imaging, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. I started our conversation by asking Dr. Antani, what has changed since we recorded the previous episode? So thank you for having me back. Um, Indeed, a lot has changed. Uh, The perception of and the power of AI has become more commonplace. average citizens know about AI now and the access to the tools or the potential. It has raised the awareness that AI could take away their jobs in some senses, but it could also be a powerful ally for improving your day-to-day activities. 
A common type of generative AI are large language models or LLMs that can recognize, summarize, translate, predict, and generate text and other content based on knowledge gained from massive data sets. What I love about GenAI is that you can interact with the chatbot in an iterative way and ask it to adapt its position, sentiment, emphasis, or other requirement and it will generate a new output. That's right, just like how we asked it to re-answer our question for a third grader. Exactly. So I also brought in another researcher at NLM, Dr. Zhang Lu, who leads a group studying artificial intelligence and machine learning in the computational biology branch of the National Center for Biotechnology Information, more commonly referred to as NCBI, and asked him, what are these large language models that are powering ChatGPT? They are called large um, because they are really large in two ways. One is they are trained with vast amounts of text data, billions of word, text words. And they are also large because the models contain billions of parameters. It not only is trained by words, but also has a step that uses reinforcement learning that takes human feedback to improve its performance. That's sort of one of the secret sources of what ChatGPT is compared to the previous version of GPT. Uh, even though with everything nice about ChatGPT, but its output can be completely false because in the end, it does not consult the truth. And that is the problem uh, we know as a hallucination in ChatGPT's uh, output. Hallucinations? Diane, are we really talking about hallucinating artificial intelligence? Hmm, yes. A hallucination is when AI gives a response with high confidence, but the response is not supported by its own training data. Another example of AI hallucinating is when technology forgets its software but behaves as a human. You know what? I've experienced that before. My daughter had me use Snapchat's My AI feature within the app. The chatbot definitely thought it was human. It kind of freaked me out. Yeah, we're all freaking out a little bit. My AI is another great example of generative AI. Now, one caution for everyone to understand is that if you're using the open version of these tools, any information you provide these models, including personal information, become integrated in the AI system. Because, like Dr. Liu mentioned, it's learning from your inputs. So, don't enter private information like names, grant, or pre-published information. Got it. I'll definitely have to make sure my kids know that. We've been talking a lot about ChatGPT, but this is just one product utilizing generative AI. Embracing these new and emergent technologies is essential for NLM to better achieve its mission. Here's Samir and Tani again. So Samir, it's not just ChatGPT though. This is a new wave of AI that has reached the public's awareness. Exactly, exactly. It's not just ChatGPT, which of course is a product. And generative AI is the underlying idea where the AI is able to synthesize facts, um, synthesize knowledge, synthesize context, synthesize uh, information that is derived from things it has seen and learned uh, that could be on the in, on the web, 
um, in literature, um, in art, and then present it before you in the style that you would like to get that inf information in. Um, a, a, a nice example is uh, where if somebody is planning a vacation and wants to know what are the highlights to hit in a three-day visit to a city perhaps, it could generate a, an itinerary for you where you could, you could be able to hit those highlights in the amount of time. What it might not be able to do, however, is give you current information about what is open or what is closed or what's in high demand and, and you should have purchased the tickets six months ago. So that is where, the, uh, where it fails. At the same time, it's extremely powerful in generating uh, information. Samir makes another good point here about a limitation when using Gen AI. Chat GPT is limited because it does not possess any real-world knowledge beyond what it's been trained on. Its responses are based on patterns and examples it is seen in training responses to the data in its model. It's also constrained by the date stamp on the data used in its model. Currently, ChatGPT's knowledge cutoff date is September of 2021. So it does not include information since that date. Consider how the results would be limited if you were asking about COVID-19 vaccines. So Yamila, let's talk about how Gen AI fits in at NLM. Let's do this. I asked ChatGPT to generate a list of some of the limitations using generative AI in the scientific landscape. It generated a spot-on list and pretty much all of the risks we're thinking about at NIH. Why don't you share a few? Okay, so there's accuracy and reliability. I get that already. We must be cautious of hallucinations and bias. Reproducibility. Mm -hmm. Ethical considerations. Intellectual property. Cost. Authorship and attributions. Wait a minute. So is AI already being used in scientific papers? Yes, we already have nearly 700 articles in PubMed that reference ChatGPT. I see what you mean when you compare this to the invention of the internet. This is a very big change. This must raise all kinds of new issues for NLM. This technology has advanced faster than we've had time to develop policy and procedures. That said, the International Committee of Medical Journal Editors, also known as ICMJE, released an update to their authorship recommendations concerning AI as an author. It specifies that authors should not list AI and AI-assisted technologies as an author or co-author, nor cite AI as an author. And over the last month, we have seen instances of citations in PubMed with ChatGPT listed as an author, corrected and removed, showing that the publishing community is being responsive. I would encourage disclosing whatever and whenever you are using AI-generated content in your work, especially as it relates to scientific research and publications. For this, transparency is key. It's hard to keep up with how fast this is being implemented. So how do you see this technology being used by NLM or scientists or even by librarians? AI could unlock new pathways of biomedical discovery, operational efficiencies, and a better user experience. Gen AI can aid in summarizing articles, synthesizing data, drafting responses to queries, and even basic coding in languages like Python and SQL. That's why I've been sharing so much with staff on using this technology. 
That said, we still need humans in the loop to ensure integrity and shape this developing technology in a way that creates usable outcomes in a safe and secure environment. I asked Samir how he sees Gen AI advancing the field of medicine. So generative AI could be actually a very powerful ally to medicine. The entire spectrum from looking up literature that is meaningful, um, minimizing the amount of time that the physician has to spend or doing mundane tasks and allowing them to spend more time with the patient. What it what, where the power lies in a, a large language model transformer technology is that you can actually ask it to uh, deconstruct the many, many, many pages that you would be forced to read and summarize them into a response that you want in the kind of context that you have described yourself to be in. So now it is actually generating novel language, new language that didn't exist before, which is within which are the facts, presumably, that are drawn from these sources and placed together in the right order. What is the value of doing, of, of us doing research anymore? It's more like you just know how to, how to write a prompt to ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT to answer. That's true. But in reality, what you find is, even with ChatGPT, it does not solve real-world problems in medicine. It's just way more complicated and way more, more comp complex than you would realize. So there's always need for scientists like us, for students, to learn how to adapt a new technology and put that and modify it and improve it for our own domain applications. And that's where I think, where the future is for, uh, for a lot of our research. And how do you see this AI being rolled out and used within libraries? A library is um, a resource of information that's trusted. And um, with all we have described about technologies such as ChatGPT, uh, which, which are only gonna get more powerful, it will be a, an important decision to consider how they are woven into the products and services that the library offers while maintaining the issue of trust. The biggest risk to users of a library or, or, or authors is it will synthesize uh, citations uh, which don't exist. It might give you real references. It knows what the style of the references are as authors first, title in the middle, publish, published journal uh, after that, and the volume and page numbers. And um, if it does not know, it could synthesize something as made-up names, a made-up but believable title, a made-up but believable journal name, and a made-up volume number. But then you, the point of being a trustworthy tool is defeated. So the problem of trust is definitely improving, but it also means that while you may have hundreds of thousands of factually correct responses, you could have two wrong ones which might end up actually hurting somebody than helping them. 
So my long-term vision is that we'll be able to leverage trusted health information at the National Library of Medicine and beyond to create specialized large language models to enhance easy access to health information using everyday language prompts. Can you imagine the impact that would have on reducing myths and disinformation? Samir, how do you see these generative AI tools being utilized within the NIH and NLM? For people such as us at the National Library of Medicine who are doing research in computer science largely, um, generative AI can synthesize code, actually, reducing the time between which an idea uh, is imprinted in one's mind. So as long as the scientist is involved in this process and does not uh, treat open AI output as gospel, then, uh, then what you have is a very powerful tool that can uh, speed up the process of learning and, uh, and empirical science will definitely benefit. Another example we are doing right now is to ask ChatGPT to, to serve as an evaluator to evaluate machine-generated radiology reports. This is also related because this is a multimodal AI where we actually feed the AI algorithm with both the patient image and their previous information. And this is something in active research that we're doing right now. Another concern with AI is introducing unintentional bias. When dealing with large data sets, how do you make sure that there's not bias toward one segment of the world's population, especially when dealing with medicine and health? We try to develop AI algorithm uh, that can um, limit the bias in the data. And that's active research area where different kinds of methods called the de-biasing methods are developed. Uh, to counter those issues in the data sets. Another aspect of uh, dealing with bias in AI algorithms is to develop the algorithm that is more transparent instead of a black box system. Because the better you can explain your results to the users, regardless it's uh, you know, end users, general public or physicians, they will better understand how the system works, so that's also very important. I agree with you, and that's why we're using the NIST AI Risk Management Framework in our work to ensure that our use of AI is done in a way that is safe, transparent, and trustworthy. And for those that don't know, NIST is the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So, most important question, Dr. Liu, how will AI transform the way we work? Uh, I think in the future, anybody who knows about AI and using AI is going to replace the person, the same person, not using the AI. Okay, so physicians who know how to use AI is going to replace the physician don't know how to use AI. So this is something that people have been talking about uh, in the literature and talking about in our community. I agree that AI will force us to continue learning and evolve in our work. The potential for productivity gains and growth opportunities are far too great to ignore. I encourage everyone listening to play around with and experiment a little with these chatbot tools. Well, Yamila, now that you know what Gen AI is, what do you think? I think I need to start checking on how my teenager's doing her homework. <laughs> 
An interesting use case is from a group at Stanford University who developed a generative AI tool called Biomed LM, which uses the data from PubMed and PMC trained to interpret biomedical language. So to test their system, they use complex questions from the biomedical board exam with highly accurate results. The world around us is changing rapidly and we're changing how we work to meet these new needs. And I hope that what you've heard today is that NLM is embracing this new world in our research and our information products. We are evolving to keep up with these changes, especially in information management practices. I encourage our listeners to consider their information management strategies, especially as they relate to data quality and making data accessible and interoperable so we can harness the full potential of AI and the future scientific landscape. So Diane, before you go, I mentioned this at the beginning of our chat. Every episode of NNLM Discovery has original artwork. You will be the first person to give us input on what our artwork should be for this episode. What prompts should we use when we generate this episode's art? Well, I'm excited to help with this artwork. So one of my favorite artists is Georgia O'Keeffe. So how about in the style of Georgia O'Keeffe, paint me a landscape that shows a future with library users embracing AI technology. I can't wait to see what the AI pumps out. Remember to look back at all of our AI artwork this season. Diane, thanks for joining us today. You are so welcome. I've really enjoyed the podcast series so far. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of NNLM Discovery. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us online. And remember to rate, share, and comment on our show wherever you get your podcasts.